If we want to put her in our prayers, is there any other announcements we want to talk about before we start? All right. Let's have a prayer for Miss Lisa when we go. And Father, we want to thank you for this time we have to come together tonight and study a portion of your word. We want to ask you to be with everybody that's, that's sick and at home and help them get better. Lord, we ask you right now to be with Miss Lisa tomorrow. She has surgery for a knee replacement and help her through the rehabs she goes through and everything. Lord, that we tell her we, we love her and we hope to see her again soon. It's just name pray. Amen. All right. So like I said, Stephen called me last night at 6.30 while he was helping move Jordan over here to the Spain house and said, Drew, will you, uh, you teach my class for me tomorrow night? And I said, yeah, sure. I've been up since 4. I had to work yesterday morning. I said, yeah, that's fine. Whatever you need, Stephen. So I started that. We get back over here helping Jordan. I'm telling him about it. He said, you know that's the adult class that gets live streamed, right? I said, well, I do now. So that's what it has turned into. So as, when we finally, I finally got home from helping Jordan about 9 o'clock last night. I was texting one of my youth minister friends, and I said, man, i got to teach that adult class tomorrow night. I don't have anything. Like, what do you, do you have something I can do, like something helping me out here? He said, well, in our class, our youth class, we, we're going back and studying this simple Bible. I mean, if y'all want to listen to Ken, we can just open the doors because I can hear him now. But um, well, we, uh, he said, we're just going back through basic children Bible studies. He said, we started Adam and Eve, and we're at the, the, the ark right now. And we're just breaking them down and going through them because he said, and it's helping me more than it is the kids. He said, because it's been five years or so since they went through it. He said, it's been 20 since I've actually studied about a Bible class story. He said, so I've really enjoyed that. And I said, well, that's something I can get done in about a day, you know, to study about. So tonight, we're going to study about the fire furnace. Um, it's going to be in Daniel chapter 3, if you want to spin over there. And growing up, growing up, I loved fire. Mom and Daddy had to keep the matches away from me growing up. And so I, always, I was always intrigued by this story. And I remember growing up down at Hillcrest, we was in class one time, and uh, the teacher I had, she was nice and sweet as could be. And one of our kids in class asked, he said, he said, ma'am, uh, how, how do they fit all three of these people into the furnace? And she said, well, son, what are you talking about? She said, well, Grandma makes some biscuits on that wood-burning stove on Saturday mornings, and she calls it a furnace. And she said, I, I can't even fit myself in that thing. And she just looked at me and said, well, son, with God, anything's possible. So with that being said, we're going to get through this tonight with me studying. And start out here in chapter 3, verses 8. Starting out in verse 8, but in um, give you a little context. Before then, it was when Nebuchadnezzar builds the idol that's 60 units tall and 60 units wide. You know, it's a huge, huge idol, golden idol out there in the middle of nowhere. And he says, you know, when you hear the music, bow down. So... We get down to verse number 8 here, and the, the Chaldeans, who are mad about what's, what happened in the first chapter, which we'll get to in a little bit, but they're mad what's happened in the first chapter about what's, what Daniel and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which is their Jewish names were Hananiah, Azariah, and 
Michelle, I think. Yes, that's right. So they get them, and they're mad about all that. So you get to uh, verse number eight here. I'm just going to read this for sake of time because I heard I had 45 minutes, so we got to keep. So uh, I know Ken's long-winded, so I'm going to try to keep up with him. So we're going to read this long. It's a pretty long chapter, pretty long verses here, but we're going to try to get through it. In verse eight, it starts. Therefore, at that time, at that certain time, the Chaldeans came forward and accusing the Jews. They spoke and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a, a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horns, flute, harps, and bagpipes, and, sym- and symphony, symphony, well, all, all kind of music, shall fall down and worship the golden idol. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And there a certain Jew who you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regards to you, and do not serve your gods and worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave and commanded and bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, so they brought those men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods, or worship the golden idols which I have set up. Now, if you are ready at the time to hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and bagpipes, and the symphony with all kinds of music, and all, and you fall down and worship the image which I made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fire furnace. And who is the God? And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shabbat, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hands, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image that you set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in full of fury, and the expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded them that, they, that the heat of the furnace seven times more than was usually heated. <clears throat> he commanded the, the certain mighty men of the, of the vower who were, who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fire furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats and their torsos and turbans and these and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fire furnace. Therefore, because the king commanded the urge was urgent and the furnace in the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame was in the fire killed those men who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning fire furnace. The king Nebuchadnezzar astonished and he rose in haste and spoke saying to the counselors do we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire and they answered and said to the king true O king look he, look he answered I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and, and are not hurt and, and the form of the fourth is like the son of God uh, verse 26 then Nebuchadnezzar went near in the mouth of the burning fire furnace and spoke saying Shabbat Meshach and Abednego Servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came in the midst of the fire. <clears throat> and then the administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they said, 
These men on whose body the fire, the fire no, had no power, their, the hair on their head was not singed, nor their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar the same blessed the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel to deliver his, his servants from the trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's words and yielded the bodies, and they should not serve nor worship any gods expect, expect their, except their God. Therefore I make a decree that any, per, any people, nations, or language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces, and the houses shall be made of ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. And then the king promoted Shabbat, Meshach, and Abednego into the province of Babylon. Okay. All that being said, who has a long read. Saying all that, we go back into verse 8. The Chaldeans are jealous. To start the whole thing, the Chaldeans are jealous of Meshach, Shabbat, and Abednego because of what happened in in chapter number one, when oh, in chapter number two, I'm sorry, when Nebuchadnezzar has the dream and they tried to get, him, and he calls them all in, and say, "Hey, interpret this dream," and nobody can do it, and they're like, "King, there's not a person on earth that can do this." And Daniel comes up and is like, "I can do this, you know, that's no big deal, I got this and whatnot." So they're mad about that to start with because it makes them look like they're not worthy. So then you get down to verse 9 through 13. They're just praising Nebuchadnezzar. They're like, look, you're the great king. You're going to live forever. You know, you put this decree out and people are not doing it. So if you're not killing people in this furnace, you're not really doing what you're supposed to be. You're not saying what you're going to do. So, of course, somebody comes up to you and talks good about you and says you're the greatest and whatever. Your head's going to get huge. Well, that's what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. So he gets Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in there. And he says, look, I'm going to give you this chance to worship my, my gods and my idol. He said, now, what are you going to do? And this is probably my favorite part of the whole, serve, whole thing. And that you would look over as a child in, in a child's Bible class. Is that they say, you know, we got a God that's going to deliver from this. But if he doesn't we're still not going to do this because we're not going to worship you. Which, like, we talk about this, me and my friend did last night. You know, you hear those bagpipes and all that instruments and whatever. You could look down and be like, oh, my sandal needs tightening. Let me just bend down a little bit, tighten it up or whatever. But they didn't even go do that. They was like standing straight up. There's no way I'm kneeling towards this God. So, they get down to verse 19 through 26. He, uh, that's when he puts them in the, he starts, he throws them in the furnace. And, you know, everybody in here's got kids. I haven't been blessed with kids yet, you know. But if you, y'all know Katie, and I, from what I hear, I've got my hands full when we do have kids. Because if it's anything like her. But, what my thing is, is that, you know, you tell your kid, hey, do this, and they say no, you get mad. But they're like, well, you say, well, I'm going to whoop you. And they say, no. You get even more mad, at least my mama did when I told her that. 
So you can just imagine how mad Nebuchadnezzar is at this time after they said, he asked him to, he told him to do it, and they said no. And he said, well, you know, I'm going to throw you in the furnace. And they said, no, we're not going to do it. So you can just imagine how mad Nebuchadnezzar got. So he turns the fire up seven times in this furnace. Now I got on the internet earlier, and a large fire, most what they think was being a furnace was mostly about 2,000 degrees. So you turn that up seven times. I mean, there's no way that anybody can survive that. It, I mean, as soon as you touch it, you, like it said in the Bible, the people who were throwing them in there died. You get so close, and there's no way. So just to give you a little measurement how hot it really was. So... The thing that gets me is that Neb- as soon as they threw him in, it doesn't say like Nebuchadnezzar waited a little bit, but it says like as soon as they threw him in, he looked and was like, I thought we threw three people in there. That just shows you that God, how quick God can come to your aid when you need him. Uh, that that there's always, he's always going to be there and, like, and all that. But he says, um, so he calls us, and then after he brings them out of the, when you're bringing them out of the fire, he calls, them, uh, he calls them servants of the Most High God. That's got to that's be the most, the greatest accomplishment somebody can ever give you, is servants of the Most High God. And, you know, and then later on from 27 to 30 is when Nebuchadnezzar praises the Lord. He says, you know, they had no signs of fire on them, anything like that. So then, so then he made a decree that... It, to worship God. So in a, in, a, in, a ver- in a whole chapter in the Bible here, I'm going to say a few days probably, he goes from giving a decree to worship an idol to one thing happening and saying, giving a decree to worship the Lord. And that just shows like how fast, if something, if you have the Lord on your side, how fast things can change. And... The last one is that Nebuchadnezzar promoted them to higher office. There was already a high office from what happened in the chapter 1 when they didn't eat the, the meat and whatnot and all they ate was vegetables and were stronger and bigger than everybody else through God. So then he promotes them higher up on this after they come out of the furnace. So let me see what time it is. We got, I've got six questions here. And... If y'all want to discuss them, it'd be a lot easier because we've only been doing this for 20 minutes. So, the first question I have here is the king surrounded himself with the Chaldeans, who was the spiritual people of Babylon. Babylonian. Like, who do you surround yourself with and who are you taking advice from? When Nebuchadnezzar was asking for advice and asking for help, all they was looking forward is, well, we've got to get these Jews out of here because they're looking, making us look bad. So the people you surround yourself with, I mean, I know it's not big. I mean, we're all adults now, so it, but at work and at, when you're out at ball games with your kids, your grandkids, whatever, the people you surround yourself with really make a big difference when it comes to serving the Lord. And then number two is, why is it so hard? We'll see. Why is it so hard for us to have 
strong faith to say no matter the consequence, I'm putting my faith in the Lord. Anybody got anything? The, th- the way that Meshach, Shabbat, and Abednego did, they said no matter what consequence we have, we're putting our faith towards the Lord. Now why is it so hard for us to have that same faith? Right. We're worried about what's going on in our lives right now and how fast we can get something. We're not worried about, you know, the faith that it takes that to, ha- to make have faith that strong, I guess is what you're saying. Right. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Like it, it is, I mean, I, I agree. It's hard to have faith in something you can't see. But that's when you have to see. You know, when you wake up in the morning and see the sunrise, you're like, you know. Right. Right, that's what faith is, trusting in something unseen. Right. That's it. Oh, I mean, no, not compared now, but still... Right, but the thing is, nowadays is it may not you may not get thrown in a fire furnace nowadays, but people are going to look down on you. There's people that I have friends from whenever if I tell them, "Hey, I'm teaching adult Bible class tonight," they're like, "Well, good luck. You're probably going to mess up." You know, that's just how it is. That's just the world we live in nowadays. It's everybody. The world we live in now is negative. As much as we try to make it positive, the world's negative. And as much as it takes. For us to have, it must have took them to have faith in saying, no matter what's going on, I'm putting my faith in the Lord. I'm doing that. We, we need that same faith today, I believe. But the next question is, how often, kind of going with the last one, how often would we do we just go with the flow? Like I said, when you hear them back, you heard them, all that music and all that stuff, how easy it would have been for them three to say, Oh, my sandal needs to tighten up. Let me just bend down, tighten it up real fast. Or, oh, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a quarter on the ground. Well, not quarter, but you know, there's some kind of money on the ground. Let me just bend down, pick it up. Or, you know, I got some dust on my shoe. Let me swap it off. But so now, so how often do we nowadays go with, go with the flow and say, and try, instead of trying to stick out like they did, we say, well, we're not really sinning, but we don't want to make a big deal about ourselves either. And I mean, the hardest part for me, well, that would be, especially my age group and a little younger, is that people do look down on you if you're a Christian or if you're if you are not going out and doing things that my age people are doing. And I know it's I'm really kind of speaking to myself here, but but that's the thing is that how often we do we do that? Do how often do we make excuses for? I'm not even during a pandemic, but just on like a random sunny, regular sunny night before all this happened, did we say, well, you know, my back hurts. Nobody's going to know. I'm not there. Let's just, I watch it on live stream. It's fine. It's no big deal. But I mean, that's the thing is how often do we just go with the flow and not deal with what's really the problem? Right. 
Well, you, I got uh, First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, five twenty-two. It says, "Let me get to it over here." First Thessalonians five twenty-two says, "Abstain from the every form of evil." So, that's just that's the same thing as that. You may not be sinning, but if you're giving off a, a vibe of I don't want to be, you know, I'm not, I'm really not a Christian, even though you're not totally sinning, it's pretty much the same thing as any form of evil, I believe. So then you get down to, to uh, question number four. Do sometimes, sometimes do we forget what God has done for us? Sometimes, like, like I said, in, in chapter one, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they were commanded to eat of unclean meat. And they said, we're not going to do that. You know, and somehow they talked them into just giving them vegetables and fruit and stuff. And it says in the Bible that they grew up to be stronger and better looking than the, than the ones who ate the, the unclean meat. That's a miracle in itself that that could happen. So then when they get to in front of Nebuchadnezzar here in chapter 3 and they're saying, how, how, you know, how am I not, I'm not going to bow down to you. And Nebuchadnezzar says, well, I'm going to throw you in a fire furnace. They, faith could have wavered and they could have said, okay, fine, we're going to bow down. But they knew that God made them stronger and bigger than everybody else by eating vegetables. So why, why would he not help me out when it comes to this as well? So that's my thing is, how often do we look, we have a hard time in our life, like JT, like you, when you had back problems, how often could you say, man, you know, my back's played out, something's wrong here, and you could have kind of went away from the Lord, but you, but you didn't because you knew how much he's done for you through your life so far. And that's the thing is that it don't matter at our bad times in our life, we have to remember, you know, this is just a little bad time, but God's blessed me with waking me up this morning, no matter if I stub my toe on a table. So I think that's my problem. Like I said, when I teach class, I speak about myself more than anybody else. So that's my, my, that's my problem, is that when I have a bad, something bad happens to me, and I'm like, well, man, why did this happen? Like I have a flat tire or something. I think, well, I'm, I need to be blessed enough to know that the Lord let me wake up this morning to get up and to do all these things. Because there's pe- some people that can't get out of bed in the morning. And I have to realize what my blessings are as well. And number four, see, when you see God's power, do we give him the praise that he deserved? When Nebuchadnezzar saw that there was, that they, there's nothing wrong with them after he threw them in the fire, he went straight into praising the Lord and made a decree that we had to worship, they had to worship the Lord. So how often does something happen to us on the, on the other spectrum of something bad or something great happening and we say yeah I done that I did this I I did this I, you know I, it's all me and not give God the glory that he deserves because I know that also happens to me a good bit when I something good happens I say yeah you know I'm blessed when I if I get a I got a new job and I'm and I said well it's all because the hard work that I put in and all this kind of stuff I'm like well you know if I didn't Lord Lord could have said no you know you're good 
you need to, and that's my problem is that sometimes we need to be a little humble and give God the praise. That's why Christians, as us, not you know, we have to stick out and be different, like Meshach, Shabbat, and Abednego. Where we have to, we can't be just go with the flow. We need to stick out and show people that we are different, and that we, this God that we serve, is going to bless us no matter what's going on. thing in the world, but I take it for granted every day when I wake up. In my house, I take it for granted, and everything like that. And, and they just got to remember that people in this world need us more than, you know, they need just the simple things in life. Like, there's people that don't have, and even in Mississippi, they don't have running water. And this realize that we, we need to give God the praise for what we have and help the others who don't. started getting, I remember getting yelled at by my mama because every text message cost like five cents and I ran our bill up. So like, text message started getting, now, now you got all this Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and everything like that. It goes, makes it even worse. So I can, and I know I didn't in any means stick out. I stuck with the crowd and did the bad things and, you know, regretted that for many years. But, but it, how hard it is, and, even, and like I'm saying, I'm 28 now and it's still hard to stick out. I mean, it's not as hard as it would be if I was 16, but it's hard to stick out of the crowd when I'm 28 years old in a workplace that everyone's using foul language and everything like that. It's hard for me not to try to fall into that group too. And I can just imagine, you know, how hard it would be for teenagers. And I, you know, I pray every day that it gets easier the older I get and the more stronger in the faith I get. And I think that's how it's supposed to be. It's a lot easier for me now at 28 than it was when I first started coming to Boonville at 25. So, and then the last question, it's kind of a, it's a, well, it's a, you don't, there's not really a wrong answer to this question. But in the New King James, it says, 
when they was in the furnace and the fourth person was like the Son of God. And then I have an easy read version at home that I was reading and it says an angel. So it really doesn't matter either one, but do you think it was Jesus, the Son of God, or do you think it was an angel that was with them in the furnace? I don't know that's the thing, is that nobody knew what Jesus looked like then, besides God, because he was with God in the beginning, but he hadn't, been, he hadn't become man yet. So it would be, that's my thing, it had to be just a bright light among, or a bright figure, not just a light, like it had to be a human, because they said, like the Son of Man, I mean Son of God. So like, it had to be a figure of some sort, I think, but it had to be brighter, or it had to be different than a human or he would have said there's four people in there I think I mean like I said there's no wrong answer there's no way I know but it's just something to think about right no, right nobody had seen Jesus when Daniel when Daniel in the Old Testament he hadn't come down and made man and saved her souls or anything like that yet so so that's the thing it's just something thing, things like that stick out and I'm you know some things but, like, there's so much into this story, and there's so much into every other child's Bible story that we just... Because, I mean, granted, we talk about, like, Adam and Eve and the fire furnace and Noah. And, like, we just hit the high points. Because I remember growing up, all we talked about was they getting thrown in the fire and God saving them, and they were fine. But then you got... The older you get, you look back and read on it, and the Chaldeans are jealous, making, making Nebuchadnezzar ain't getting, getting a big head and making him think he's like, well, I'm the king. I'm doing what I want to do. And it's, a, it's really a story of humility and getting put in your place as much as it is God saving you from, your, from problems to me. I don't know what y'all think about it. I may have a different take on it, but that's what it was to me. I think we don't spend enough, we, we spend a whole lot of time trying to find, which which means a lot, the things that adults can talk about, but we really don't talk about the simple children's Bible classes like anymore once we get adults. Because I know, as I hadn't talked about the fire furnace since I was probably 10 years old. So I can imagine, you know, how it's been for some of y'all. I know I probably didn't do a great job at it, but I threw it together in about four hours today. So we're going to have a prayer to get out of here. And I think, what time? Okay, well, we went 30 minutes. So um, after prayer, if you need to uh, take the Lord's Supper, I think there's going to be somebody in the little chapel. Right, Jeremy? Well, once Ken's class is over with. So if you need to take the Lord's Supper, you may have to stick around for another hour for Ken's he, he's probably on a roll out there. So we'll have a prayer and then we'll, uh, you'll be dismissed. Let's pray. And Father, thank you for this day and we'll thank you for our time we had here. And we'll thank you for our simple Bible, class, Bible study that you give us in the Bible for children that we can go back into and look at as adults and gain a lot more knowledge out of, Lord. We thank you for just being here for us when we need you, Lord. We, we thank you for blessing us with the Bible, Lord, that we can study throughout our lives. We want to ask you to be with us as we go throughout our weeks at our jobs and our homes and to be great examples to you, of you, Lord. And uh, 
let us bring somebody closer to you, Lord, through our actions. And be with us until we come back at another time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.